Man, Jesus thought he had a ride or die type of dude. You know, that's the term they use now. I'm a ride or die. This brother talking all that stuff, but then when it came down to the getting down, he flaked out. Anybody ever have somebody like that in your life? <laughs> all of us have. That's why you got to not be dependent upon people, but be dependent upon God. Amen? But, but let's look at this. And the Lord said to Simon, he said, Simon, Simon. Now, of course, that was Peter's name before he became Peter, before he became Rock. It's in, indeed, Satan has asked for you. You know, the enemy has asked for all of us. Then it says that he may sift you as wheat. The enemy objective is to do everything he can in his power to sift you. The word sift means to break you down. He wants to break you down even when it concerns your identity. The enemy wants to break you down. And that's what's taking place here in the text. He says, listen, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. But it says, but I prayed for you that your faith, your faith should not fail. And when you return to me, and I'm going to stop right there. He said, when you return to me, because Jesus already knew the end from the beginning, he knew that this brother was going to go AWOL. But I'm so grateful that even when we go AWOL, he's still married to us. Can I get a witness? Oh, I don't know about you, but I'm so grateful for Jeremiah 3 and 14 that he's married to the backslider. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that Jeremiah 3 and 22, he said, I will heal you of your backsliding. I'm grateful for Galatians 6 and 1. It says if your brother has been overtaken in a fault or sin, it says you that are spiritual, it says restore them with gentleness lest ye be tempted, which lets you know that we all can fall in that same trap or a different trap because, listen, the enemy, he's still going around, the Bible says, as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour, and his objective is to hijack our identity because our identity is in Jesus Christ. Amen? So look at this real quick. He, he, he said, I'm going to sift you as wheat. In other words, Peter, Simon, I'm about to break you all the way down to the point to where you, you, your, your identity in Jesus is obsolete. It don't even exist anymore. That's what Satan is trying to do with each and every one of us. But, but look at this, because I've been talking about identity theft. And you know as far as, you, you, you know, our ID, anybody got an ID, anybody got a license, raise your hand. Every adult hand should be up. Our ID, listen, we, we value our ID. Can I get a witness? Because you can't even drive without an ID. You can't cash a check with an ID. You can't travel with an ID. I'll never forget, I jumped out the car one time, and this car had stopped on the side of the road, and I jumped out the car to help push the car and help them out. In the, the process, I lost my wallet. I was more sweating my ID than my credit cards. Because I'm like, dang, my ID, if I get pulled over, you know, I'm, you know, they, I'm like, how do we know you Reginald Steele? Because everything on there, my date of birth is on there, when my license expire, uh, when I was born, all that stuff, it, I'm an American citizen, all that is on there, everything, that, so everybody, I believe in here, we, we, we value our ID, because again, our ID gets us into banks, it gets us, to, we can't even travel without it. I dare you to show up to the airport without you say, I don't know, I lost it. We're going to see how far you get. You ain't getting on nobody's plane. You understand what I'm saying? Because they want to know who you are. They want to make sure you ain't suspect. But even in the kingdom, amen, we, 
when we talk we, we, we talk about these we got to have our ID our license but I believe that 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 even Jesus he ID'd us in other words, before we even entered our mother's womb, he, I believe he zeroed in on us, amen, that he knew the end from the beginning and that he knew that one day we would be able to identify with him. That's part of the reason why he didn't write us off. Because in actuality, all of us in this building should have been written off, amen? But he knew one day that we would even ID him, but he already ID'd us before we ID'd him, obviously, because he knew us before we even entered our mother's womb. So I'm so grateful tonight that I'm surrounded by people that know who they are and whose they are. But at the end of the day, we don't want to see you be bewitched. We don't want your conscience to be seared as a hot iron. We don't want to see you down the road get bored with your Christianity. And then before you know it, you exchange the truth of God for a lie. This January, I'll be preaching 20 years, and I've seen some people that were phenomenal, that knew this Bible, that did the fade away, if you will where they begin to teach doctrines of demons, and I believe a lot of it had to do, they got bored with their walk with God. And all of us have to be careful that we're not full of zeal with no knowledge. You feeling me? I can remember being in my early 20s trying to serve God. I was full of zeal, but the church I was going to, all we specialized in was shouting. And nothing wrong with shouting, but my God in heaven, sit down, let me drop some of this seed, this word in you. Because really the word is what's going to keep you, not zeal. Zeal will take you so far. Now, nothing wrong with zeal. Now, I got some zeal. I might jump on one of these pews later. But I got some zeal with knowledge. You understand what I'm saying? So, so we don't want to raise up people that specialize in shouting. We want to raise up people that specialize in knowing the, God, the word of God. Because we'll put up Romans chapter 12, verse 1 real quick. This is what's key. Look at this real quick. Romans 12 and 1. I wasn't even going to go here. It says, I beg you, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Next verse. This is where I really want to go. Look at this. It says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to raise up people that renew their mind. Because if you don't renew your mind, you're going to find yourself in trouble. A shout won't get you out your dilemma. But renewing your mind will get you out your dilemma. Because every time you renew your mind, you're detoxing yourself of your flesh. The devil does not want you to renew your mind. The devil does not want you to meditate on his word day and night. The enemy don't want you to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Even the Bibles in the book of Isaiah refers to us as trees of righteousness because trees are hard to break. And that's what God is saying. I want you to get to a place to where you're renewing your mind that you're hard to break. Where you will take on the mentality, yeah, I'm going through, even right now, I'm going through trial and tribulation. But you know what? I've renewed my mind to the point to where the Bible tells me in Isaiah 54 and 17 that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Even though weapons have been formed against me, that thing won't succeed. This storm is passing over, so I'm just going to be still and know that he is God. That's in Psalm 46 and 10. But that's called, people have asked me, how do you remember scripture? I renew my mind. You have to renew your mind. Look, look at this. Be, 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 oh, they're, they're, they follow me. Praise the Lord. Yeah, be still. You better know that. That word be still means to be undisturbed. You got to see when you begin to renew your mind, you will learn how to whistle in your trial. You will be in your, right in the middle. See, your faith is going to go on trial. 
But if you learn how to just be still and say, you know what, I'm about to pass my test so I can go to another dimension of faith. And then God going to be able to trust me with more favor. He'll be able to trust me with more blessing. So I'm not going to even freak out. I'm not going to allow the enemy to get a reaction out of me. I am going to be a ride or die type of person when it comes to serving my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm what? Persuaded. That nothing will separate me from the love of God. But look at that. Go back, go back to the uh, 12 and 2. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to renew your mind. You got to get in your word. You got to meditate on the word. Coming to Wednesday service is great. Coming to church on Sunday is great. But throughout the week, you should be renewing your mind. Why? Because the Bible says we're in this world, but we're not of it, but we're still in it. And there's some stuff in it that's appealing. Can I get a witness? I'm saying that stuff don't even stub me no more, Pastor. Keep living. Something going to catch your eye. That's why you need to be renewing your mind. Amen? Because the enemy don't play fair. Can I get a witness? Paul told us to put on the whole what? Armor of God that we might be able to what? Stand against the wiles of Satan. He tells us, put on the breastplate of righteousness, which protects our heart, the helmet of salvation that protects our mind, because the battle is where? In the what? Mind. But Philippians 2.5, Paul said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. But let's, let's look at this real quick. We're looking at identity theft. Uh, uh, um, the enemy wants to limit your access. See, our ID gives us access to airplanes, to get on airplanes, access to drive, access to walk into banks. You know, uh, one of the things when we bought this church, one of the first things they wanted was two, two, two. They wanted two, they wanted, I, they want two different, different identifications to prove that who I was. They didn't want nothing with no kingdom in the valley on it. They was like, what, who are you? We need two forms of ID. We need your social security. We need to make sure you who you say you are. But because I had my ID and my license, it gave me access to sign a three-point-something million-dollar loan for this building. But without my ID, they would have been like, well, you can't sign nothing until you bring back your ID. Because our ID, our license, gives us access. When you lose your ID, you are limited. Can I get a witness? You are limited when you lose your ID. We are limited when we begin to lose our ID, our, our, our identity in God. We don't want to lose our identity in him. Let's get into this real quick. I'm going to give you three things tonight. Now that I know I'm a seed of Abraham, I have access to certain things. The first thing you have access to is to his kingdom. And you say, a seed of Abraham, put, let me just go there real quick. Go to Galatians 3. And uh, 14, Galatians, I didn't write this down, but, but let's look at this real quick. Galatians 3, just for those that don't know, it says that the blessings of Abraham might, which means it's a potential, come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now put up verse 29, 3 and 29. 3, 29, Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. It says, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed, and you're an heir. How many of you know you're an heir? of your heavenly father. The Bible says we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So it says that, that, that we're seed, we're, the Ab we're Abraham's seeds and we're heirs according to the promise. So now that I know that I'm, I'm the seed of Abraham, I have access 
to certain things. Now, number one, I have access to his kingdom. Go to Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. We have access to God's kingdom. Look at this. It says, Simon Peter answered, he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Next verse. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, this is Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In other words, Peter was able to get a revelation that, wait a minute, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one that's been talked about for many years. So he got this revelation. And then look what Jesus says. Look what he says right here. And this says, and also he said, said to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, I'm going to build. Build mean I'm going to establish. I'm going to strengthen. I'm going to put together my church. And the gates of Hades, which the King James Version says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Next verse. Then it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Me and you have access now to the kingdom of heaven. Matter of fact, we're not just American citizens. We are kingdom citizens. Amen? Matter of fact, your American citizenship, citizenship will not get you into glory. But your kingdom, somebody scream kingdom. <laughs> your kingdom citizenship will get you into glory. Because you are a kingdom. See, even us as Americans, we, we, we have a swag about us as a nation. Amen? We, we hold our head up high when we hear the, uh, the, the, the American flag being played during the Olympics and all of that. We take pride in that. Like, yeah, American. You know what I'm saying? How much more should we be like that in the kingdom? Come on, that, that, that God snatched you out of the jaws of Satan. Come on, somebody. And then calls you. He took, took you out of darkness. And the Bible says he brought you into his marvelous light. And made you a kingdom citizenship, a kingdom citizen, which none of us in this building are worthy of. But I love that. He says, but now that you got this revelation of who I am, he says, now I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. In other words, you have access to heaven now. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, it says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. As it is in heaven, he wants you to have heaven here on earth. You have been given a set of keys, which keys speak of authority. He's given you access to his kingdom. And it goes on. Look at the rest of it. It says, and whatever you, look at your neighbor and say, it's on you. I did a serious message about three or four weeks ago called, it's on you. But look at that. Go, 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 go back to Matthew 16 and 19. Look at this. It says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And it says, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We were in here yesterday for prayer, binding and loosing stuff. Binding up premature death. Covering in our children's ministry. Covering our teenagers. Covering our young adults. Decreeing and declaring that we shall live and not die to declare the works of the Lord. We were binding and loosing things. We were in spiritual warfare, if you will. 
But when you know that you are a kingdom citizen, you know you have access to heaven, that your prayers are not just hitting the ceiling. But the Bible says in Isaiah 59 and 1, it says his ear is not heavy that he cannot hear, nor is his hand short that he can't say. A lot of times he's waiting on you to open up your mouth because the Bible says that death and life is in the power of your tongue. That's in Proverbs 18, 21. Amen? So you can literally speak death in your situation or you can speak life. Because ultimately, the ball is in your court. All you got to read is Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. He said, choose life or choose death. It's that, see, being a Christian is not really that complicated. Being a kingdom citizen is really not that complicated. Look at this. Look at this. Says, I call heaven and earth as a witness today against you that I have set before you. What me, he said, I set it before you. Now choose. I set before you life, and I've set before you death. Now go do you. What you going to do? Not only have I set before you life and death, but blessing and cursing. There are some, that's why Jesus said the poor will always be with you because they chose to, to take the curse route. The curse route is easier. Can I get a witness to sit on downtown Phoenix and sit in the corner and cover up? The weather ain't that bad right now. Thank God they ain't in Milwaukee. Come on, somebody. Or Chicago. Back east in the Midwest somewhere. Come on, New York. This is a good place to be homeless, though. <laughs> but is that God's best? Absolutely not. The word is very specific in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 10. It says if you don't work, you don't eat. There are just some people that don't have that, 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 that go-getter mentality. That's why Jesus said the poor will always be with you. There are some people, come on, see that Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. There was people that even then that wanted a handout. You know somebody right now in your family, they want a handout. Ain't got nothing. And then they'll blame the man that kept me down. Full of excuses. Well, this happened and that happened. And I got this conviction back in 1963. Last time I checked the calendar, it's 2016. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. That's a choice. But then put that back up. You, 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 he said, I've set before you. I've set before Deuteronomy 30 and 19. Uh, look at that, Deuteronomy 30. And, and, and 19, I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. He's trying to help you out. Choose life. Look at that. The thief cometh to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. He said, but I come that you might have and have it more. You look up the word abundantly, it means plenty. It means more than enough. God wants you to have plenty more than enough money, plenty more than enough peace, plenty and more than enough joy, plenty and more than enough power, plenty and more than enough strength. Let me get into this. So number one, now that you're Abraham's seed, you have access to the kingdom. Put up Luke 17 and 21. I hit this a little bit Sunday, but look at this. It's worth looking at again. Look at this, Luke 17. It says, nor will they say, see here or see therefore indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom is in you, people of God. Me and you have access to the kingdom. The, the minute you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you were accepted into his kingdom. What did he say in John 12 and 32? If I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. 
And that's meaning if he's lifted up, he was lifted up on the tree for us. Now he's saying, now the gospel is inclusive. But like I said last Wednesday, not everybody's going to be included. You still got to do that Romans 10, 9. Confess with your mouth. Believe in your heart. Amen? There it is right there. If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised from the dead. You shall, will be saved. Conditional. You do that, you become a kingdom citizen. Now he's saying, now you got access to my kingdom. So now that we know he's given us the keys to the kingdom, then he says his kingdom is in us. And then look at, look at Acts 28 and 28. Look at Acts 28 and 28. Acts chapter 28, verse 28. It says, therefore, let, let, let it be known to you that the salvation of our God has been sent to to the Gentiles, and they will hear it. Thank God. Amen. Next verse. Then it says, and when he said these words, the Jews departed and had great disputes among themselves. Next verse. Then Paul dwelt two whole years in his own rented house, and he received all. Somebody scream all. All means all. He received all. As he was preaching the kingdom message, he received all. Then it says, he received all who came to him. Next verse. And he preached the kingdom of God. I love that. He preached the kingdom message. I'll never forget when I was going to start this church, this church was almost going to be called New Creation Family Church. I was even thinking about naming it New Birth Christian Center. But I was sitting in the car one day with a buddy of mine. He had to get out the car to do something. We had it on Christian radio. And the gentleman who was preaching, he kept saying, it's about the kingdom. It's about the kingdom. And something leaped in my spirit. And I was six weeks away from starting the church. And something said, name the church kingdom. I went home. I said, baby, our church is going to be called Kingdom something. I said, God might have to use you because you got the brains of the family. Maybe he'll reveal to you the rest of it. She went to bed that night. She woke up. She said, God told me he's raising up kings in the valley. So I said, oh, God, kingdom in the valley. God is raising up kings in the valley. Come on, somebody. Thank God. Amen. That we're a good one-two punch. I'm so glad that we are a kingdom church. And then right when I named the kingdom, we started the church. Everybody went on this kingdom tangent. You don't even know. I got made fun of by people for naming our church kingdom. And then finally some pastors had to come back and be like, you know what? I did my research on the kingdom. That's the best thing you ever could have did. And I'm thinking, I thought y'all was Bible scholars. Well, y'all been preaching religion too long. See, you're still preaching church and not the kingdom. Jesus taught kingdom. What did he say in Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom, which is God's rule and his reign and his kingdom. His rule and his reign is on the inside of us. That's why we even, as kingdom citizens, we should have a certain swag about us. We should have a certain confidence about us. Amen. We should allow, like, like, the, like in Acts chapter 19, that spirit says, Paul I know, Jesus I know, but who are you? Oh, but he was like, oh, I know Paul. I know Jesus because they carried that kingdom sin. I know those people that kingdom in the valley. Uh, they carry that kingdom sin. They not passive over there. Passive over there. Them people got some backbone. They not going to back, back down. 
And that loud mouth pastor still always talking about you ain't perfect, but give a perfect effort. And they steadily going to that midweek and showing up to one of the three services on Sunday. Because you know we kingdom citizens. Kingdom citizens stick together. Come on, somebody. So I love that. So because you're Abraham's seed, now he's giving you access to his kingdom. But isn't that interesting that he received all and then he preached the kingdom. That's why I believe all races come to this church. All ages come here because it's a kingdom church. I'll never forget when we started the church, we had some people talking about finally a black church. I said, no, this ain't no black church. This is going to be a church to be all things to all people to save some. We might not save everybody, but we're going to save somebody. We want all people to feel welcome. So back in the swap meet days, I had to ask some people to move on. Because they was like, well, I can't believe that brother going to walk up in here with that snow bunny. Oh, y'all didn't, some of y'all missed that. Brother walked in there with a white woman. And some of the black women had a problem with that. I said, well, then woman to God, maybe you need to go get your hair did. Go get you a manicure and a pedicure so you can be found one day. But don't be hating on him because he went another direction. Because you're you messing up my flow. And I'm a, we're a 1 Corinthians 9.22 church. Put it up. 1 Corinthians. I quoted it, but we're going to give you the visual. F to the weak, I become weak. See, we need to become weak to the weak. Okay, if, if a weed head comes in here tonight and I'm praying for him after service, guess what? Yes, I'm strong, but I'm going to become weak. I'm going to say, man, I've been there. I smoked weed for years. I ain't picked a joint up in over 20 years. So I'm going to become vulnerable. I'm, I'm going to become transparent. Say, brother, been there, done that. But now that I'm a kingdom citizen, that thing doesn't have dominion over me. Let me pray this kingdom citizen anointing on your life so you can have dominion in that area of your life. So to the weak, I become weak. Mm -hmm. uh, that I might what? Win! You win people by being transparent. You don't walk around all stuffy like your boo-boo don't stink. Rolling y'all, I'm a Christian now. I got my stuff together. Mm. I can't believe you even going through that again. Listen, you keep talking like that, your butt will be back where you was. You feeling me? So to the weak, I become weak. I've had people tell, you just too transparent. Maybe this ain't the church for you. That's what works for kingdom. 75 people have joined the church in the last two Sundays. The last two Sundays. There's a reason why. Because we know how to be weak to the weak. That we might what? Win. Are we trying to win people? Proverbs 11.30 says, he who wins his souls is, is, is wise. And, and the insight that he's given me, that if you just keep it real, raw, and relevant with people, people will get set free. People will get delivered. He said, if you preach green grass, I'll send them to you. If you keep lifting up the name that's above all names, I'll keep bringing them to you. Black, white, green, polka dot. <laughs> put, put it back up. 1 Corinthians 9.22. 9.22. Look at this. 1 Corinthians. To the weak, I become weak that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all men. Oh, you want to talk politics? Let's talk politics. You want to talk about sports? Let's I, I go there. 
I'm limited on politics. Come on, but I can go there a little bit. I can act like I know what I'm talking about. I'm going to tell you that Donald Trump crazy, but he probably might win. Because he out the box. Come on. People are tired of these liars that have come before us all over the earth. I'm going to do this and I'm going to change that. And they ain't come in the office and ain't change nothing. <laughs> but listen, I become all things to all men that by all means save some. Might not save everybody, but we're going to save somebody. But this kingdom anointing that's on this house, lives are going to be, be changed, transformed. We're going to challenge people to renew their mind. We're going to let them know this is who you are now that you've given your life to Jesus. Now you're not only an American citizen, but you're a kingdom citizen. And his kingdom is in you. Matter of fact, he's given you the keys to his kingdom. My other two points because of time. Look at this. Now that I'm a seed of Abraham, I have access to certain things. Number one, I have access to his kingdom. Number two, I have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Go to Acts chapter 1, verse 4. He has given us power. He has given us access not only to his kingdom, but to even be carriers of his power. Look at this. Uh, and, and, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Next verse. It says, uh, for John, he truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, we know baptized baptize means to be submerged, not sprinkled. That's not in the Bible. We don't baptize babies. We dedicate babies to the Lord. And then when they get to a certain age where they know about salvation, we do a class and then we baptize them. We baptized over 80-some people back at, in, I believe it was in October or November, and almost half, actually a little more than half of them were kids, but we took them to a class, explained to them that what you're doing, this is an outward expression of an inward confession that you've made accepting Jesus Christ in your heart. We do things by the book, the good news. So it says that, yeah, you were truly baptized, submerged with water. He says, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In other words, I'm going to submerge you with my Holy Spirit. I'm going to submerge you with my power, which the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity, of course. I'll get into that even next week. Amen. But at the end of the day, he says, I'm going to submerge you with my power. So now... You have, and now that you're a kingdom citizen, not only is he giving you access to his kingdom, but he's giving you access to his power. So let's look at this one more. Look at this again. It says, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Next verse. Then it says, therefore, when they came, or when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Next verse. Then it says, and he said to them, is it not for you to know the times of the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority? Verse 8, and we're going to stop right here. Look at verse 8. But you shall receive power. Somebody say power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Not only is he giving you access to his kingdom, but he's giving you access to his power. Matter of fact, what God has done is he's delegated his power to the kingdom citizens. We have his power power. Then it goes on. It says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be what? A witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. But he says, you're going to receive power 
In other words, I'm getting ready to transform. I'm getting ready to trans, trans, translate my power to my children. So you're not totally, oh, we're absolutely dependent upon him. But he's saying, but I'm a download power in you so you can carry on where I left off. And let's not talk about Romans 8, 11. Look at this real quick. Romans 8, 11. Look at this real quick for anybody that's a skeptic about the power of God because his power lives in us. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. I'm going to read that again. But if the spirit, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also live life of your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. His spirit is in you. His power is in you. He's given you access to his power. Why? Because now your identity is in him. So we say, number one, now I'm going to put my kingdom in you and I'm going to download my power in you so you can be able to trample. Which go, go to Luke 10, 19. Look at this. I like this. Go to Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, 19. Look at this. It says, behold, I give you authority. I give you authority to trample. The word trample means to walk on. Then it says, to, to, I give you authority to trample on serpents, which means evil forces and evil spirits. Because listen, being a Christian, you're going to experience backlash. There's going to be some time where the enemy is going to throw a curveball at you. But you got to remember, number one, that you're a kingdom citizen. Number two, that God has put his power in you. That the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power lives on the inside of you. And he says, listen, I've given you authority to put things in check. Anybody ever had to put somebody in check before? Listen, he's saying, listen, now I've given you power and authority to even put evil forces in check. So I've given you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions, which means evil forces. Then it goes on, and over all the power of the enemy. We give the devil too much credit. The only authority that the enemy has is the, the power that you give him. Stop giving him authority over your mind. Stop giving him authority over your body. Stop giving him authority over your children. I dare you to open up your mouth and begin to call things that be not as though they are. God has given you power. You are a kingdom citizen. He's given you some keys to his kingdom. Keys speak of authority. But I've given you authority to trample those scorpions and serpents over all the power of the enemy. Nothing, somebody scream nothing, shall by any means hurt you. Boy, listen, you're going to get to a place to where you so devil proof. That when the enemy come in, you're going to be like, <laughs> this too shall pass. Like, devil, I ain't even going to give you place. Now that you know who you are and whose you are, Ephesians 4, 27 says, don't even give him place. Devil, you ain't even going to get place. Mm-mm. This too shall pass. Look at that. Nor give place to the devil. See, when you walk in your authority, you're like, nope, you can't have, nope. You don't have authority in this area. It's just like when the police come because they've been given a level of authority. That badge speaks volumes. That identification speaks volumes. And when they come on the scene, there's a little bit of an intimidation that comes over us. Can I get a witness? When you get pulled over, you're like, oh, Jesus. Can I get a witness? 
Amen? Because you know the first thing they're going to ask, I need your ID, sir. I need your license, your registration, your insurance. They want to make sure you're legit. They want to make sure you really have authority to be driving this car. Amen? And they have, they, they command, they command our attention. They like, they, they ain't even got to say a whole lot, but we just respect their position. See, you need to get to a place where the enemy like, mm-mm, that's still, boy, he's something else. Them people over there, kingdom, my God. They fit in that category in Acts chapter 19 when they said, Jesus I know, Paul I know, but he said, who are you? And then remember, that spirit overwhelmed the guy to the point the Bible says that he ran out of there butt naked. It didn't say naked, but it said, uh, but, it didn't say butt naked, but it said naked. Kind of, I'm reginizing it. Amen. There it is right there. The evil spirit answered, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who, who are you? You ain't got no authority. You ain't got no keys. You ain't got no power. You don't know nothing about no kingdom being in you. Talking to, ne next verse. Then the man whom the evil spirit leaped on them and overpowered them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. <laughs> ah! Can you believe that? You barking up a tree, you ain't got no business barking up. You ain't got no authority. And that spirit recognized, who are you? You don't know you a kingdom citizen. They ain't then overwhelmed, wounded, and naked. Go back to Luke 10, 19. Look at this, Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, 19. Thank you for even going to that scripture. But look at this. I give you authority to trample over scorpions and serpents, over all the power of the enemy. Nothing. Somebody say nothing again. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. But look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. You shouldn't even make it a big deal. That should just be the norm. That spirits come subject to you. You feeling me? You shouldn't even make it a big deal. When I pray for people and I see spirits cast out of them, I don't make it a big deal. I don't get in the car and drive home with my wife. Did you see what that have? You see what I did? Don't even make it a big deal. That's supposed to be the norm. So he said, listen, he said, uh, the, 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 he says, don't even rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. But spirits should yield to you and give in to you. That's what that word subject means, that they should yield. They should yield and give in to you and beg, up, oh, stop right there. Nope, you don't have authority over me. Anger knows that it does not have authority over me anymore. Do I get angry at times? Absolutely. But it doesn't have dominion over me. Because back in the day, my anger turned into destruction because I would flip over couches and I would hit people. Now I don't get angry and, and act out. You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because when I was a child, I thought as a child, I responded as a child. But now that I'm a man, I've put away. Now I know that that spirit is subject to me, that I'm no longer subject to it. You understand what I'm saying? So look at this. Don't rejoice in the, the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's what we should be. That's what we should be shouting about. You shouldn't be shouting, oh, you see that spirit come up and no, he said, you need to shout that your name has been written. 
that you are a kingdom citizen, that your name has been written, come on somebody, in heaven. That's what we should be doing cartwheels about. You say, why is that, Pastor? Because remember, you was going to hell. Remember, you was going to be spending some time in the lake of fire. So you should be doing cartwheels that your butt is on your way to heaven. I got to give you this third thing. Look at this. So now that I'm a seed of Abraham, I have access to certain things. I have access to the Holy Spirit. I have access to his kingdom. The third thing, now that I'm a seed of Abraham, I have access to blessing and favor. Put up Psalm 103, verse 1. You have access to his blessing. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Next verse. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all. Somebody say all. His benefits. How many of y'all in here got benefits on your job? And you know they didn't give them to you out the gate. Sometimes they make you put your butt on probation. They want to see how loyal you're going to be. We're going to put you through the ringer before these bennies kick in. So we're going to, and sometimes I believe it's like that with God. He want to see how persuaded you are, how committed you are to him, how loyal you are to him. Because even Luke 9, 62 says, once a man puts his hands to the plow and, and, and he looks back, he's not fit for the kingdom of God. It's not saying you're not fit for heaven. He's saying, I'm saying you're not fit for my kingdom. Because your allegiance is split. Your focus is split. So he's saying, listen, I got some, there it is right there. You're not fit. That word fit means that you haven't equipped yourself. You haven't made yourself suitable. So I've came up in church where they, this was a script, scripture they would preach you in the hell on. Remember that? They'd be like, you're going to hell. You took your hands from the plow. That, don't even, that ain't even what that means. It means you're not fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, you're not going to reach your full potential if you keep taking your hands from the plow. God's only going to be able to use you to a certain level because you haven't fully given your heart to him. That's what that means. But bless the Lord, O oh my soul, forget not, forget not all his benefits. There's benefits in serving God. Now that you're a kingdom citizen and now that you have access to his power, he said, I'm going to give you access to blessing and I'm going to give you access to my favor too. Let's keep reading, keep reading. So he said, forget not all my benefits, who forgives all my iniquities. Don't you be allowing people to bring up your past and hold that over your head. God has forgotten that stuff. That stuff is gone. Come on, Paul said, I'm forgetting those things that are what? Behind me. So he says, I forgive all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Next verse. Uh, who redeems us, uh, redeemed your life from destruction. Can I get a witness up in here? He redeems you. Come on, somebody, from destruction. Then he says, who crowns you with love and kindness, tender mercies. And verse 5, look at this. It says, who satisfies your mouth. Oh, pastor, I don't know about all that prosperity. Listen, I don't know about all that blessing. He said, I'm going to satisfy your mouth with good things. Some grapes. Come on, somebody. Some filet mignon. Come on, somebody. Some crowd. I'm going to satisfy your mouth. Come on, somebody. You ain't talking about no onions and garlic. Come on. Now, I like onions and garlic on my pork chop. I ain't eating it by myself. I by itself. The devil is a lie. Can I get a witness? 
He said, I satisfy your mouth with papados. Is that what it said? With red lobster. Come on, son. Come on, City Hall. Come on, son. So he said, I satisfy your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Let's look at some more of this. Look, I like this one. Go, 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 to, go to Psalm 68 and 19. Psalm 68 and 19. Look at this. Remember, now you have access to blessing and favor. Look, it says, blessed be the Lord who daily, somebody say daily, loads us with his benefits. God wants you to be loaded. <laughs> he said daily, somebody say daily one more time. Daily, he, he loads us with benefits. The God of our salvation. And, 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 and I like the rest of this. It probably doesn't say it on the screen, but it, it says Selah, which means think on that. In your Bible, if you read it, most of your Bibles, it says Selah. He's saying think on that. Mm -hmm. Daily, somebody say daily. He loads us with his benefits. He says, I want to satisfy your mouth with good things. Then he says, I load you with benefits. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then look at Psalm 115, verse 13. Psalm 115. Oh, look at it. There it is. Selah. Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Selah. Think on that. Mm -hmm. But go, go, go to uh, 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 Psalm 115, verse 13. He will bless those who fear the Lord, small and great. Small and great. Next verse. It says, may the Lord give you increase. Somebody scream, increase. He wants you to increase. Then it says, more and more. More and more. Small and great. More and more. Then it says, you and your children. Now, what father, what mother does not want to see their children blessed? You want to see God load them down with benefits. Amen? Say, may the Lord increase you more and more, you and your children. So he's, now that you're a seed of Abraham, he gives us access to his blessings and favor. Go to uh, Matthew 7 and 11, and I'm almost done. Look at this, Matthew 7. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, somebody say, how much more will your father who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. He's saying all you got to do is ask. Ask, seek, and knock. He'll give it to you. But look at that. He's saying if you as parents are somewhat evil, you got a certain edge about you, and if you still know how to bless your children, how much more will I bless them? Now that you're a seed of Abraham, he gives us access to blessing and favor. Look at this real quick. Go to... Uh, Deuteronomy 8 and 18. Deuteronomy 8 and 18. And if you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get what? Wealth. That he may establish his covenant, which was sore to your fathers, as it is this day. There's some things that he swore to our fathers that he has to deliver in this day to us. And he can't swear by nobody else but himself. Amen? We'll look at one more. We'll go to Ecclesiastics 7 and 12. Ecclesiastics 7 and 12, and we'll be done. For wisdom is a defense. Can I get a witness up in here? Wisdom is a defense. 
Wisdom will keep you out of trouble. It's a defense. Amen? Wisdom defends us. It preserves us. That's why we all need it. The Bible says with all you're getting, get understanding, get wisdom, get understanding. Because wisdom is a defense. And we all in this room believe that because wisdom has gotten us to, wisdom means to have discernment and insight. It, even in our BC days, before Christ, we have wisdom, we have some discernment. We'd be like, you know what, I, I can't do that. Can I get a witness? Oh, well, maybe y'all did. Maybe y'all right. do it. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> and I know, but, but I believe there were certain things we like, wait a minute, I can't participate in that. Can't do that. Because why? Wisdom is a defense. But then it says money is a defense. The excellency of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. But isn't it interesting? Not only is wisdom a defense, but money is a defense. We have access to blessing and favor. Money is a defense. Straight up. That's why we have offerings on Wednesday and Sunday. Because money is a what? Defense. We're able to pay our bills because if not, they're going to come take the building. But because we have money, money is a defense. I got to give you one more. I know I said that was it, but I got one more. <laughs> Isaiah 119, I'm going to leave you all alone. Look at this. So he said, I'm going to give you access to my Holy Spirit. To you Now you have access to my kingdom, but you also have access to my blessing and favor. If you are willing and obedient, look at your neighbor and say, you shall eat the good of the land. Willing to make God a priority. Obedient to walk out his word. Take up your cross and deny yourself. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land, not the scraps of the land. But he's looking for some people that are willing. Willing to say no to some stuff. Willing to say, you know what, I need to be obedient to my call and be who God has called me to be. It's time for me to get some things in alignment so that I can be all that he called me to be. So remember, after tonight, at the end of the day, because you're in him now, you have access to his kingdom. You have access to his Holy Spirit and you have access to blessing and favor. Even Luke 2.52, he says, I give you favor with God and I give you favor with man. Go ahead and bow your heads. Father, seal this word tonight. Lord, we